The Bakers of Weber's Bread present your all-star Western theater. Recorded earlier for release at this time. Drifting along, singing a song under a western moon. From Hollywood comes your all-star Western theater. Starring America's great Western singers, Foy Willing and the Riders of the Purple Sage. Bringing you the music, the stories, and the spirit of the great open spaces. And now, the Riders of the Purple Sage. next number is sung in honor of our own Johnny Paul. It's Missouri Waltz. Johnny Paul? In honor of Johnny Paul? Quiet, Al. Missouri Waltz in honor of Johnny Paul? Al, please. But I'm the guy from Missouri. I was born in Missouri. I know, Al, but Johnny can waltz. Hush by my baby Slumber time is coming soon Rest your head upon my breast For mammy hums a tune The sandman is calling Where shadows are falling While the soft breezes sigh As in days long gone by Missouri, where I heard this melody When I was a little one upon my mammy's knee The old folks were humming Their banjos were strumming So sweet and low
their banjos were strumming so sweet and low. Yes, the Missouri Waltz is his old and familiar tune, but what most of us think of in connection with Missouri is the saying, I'm from Missouri, you've got to show me. Maybe that's why so many ex-Missourians, and a lot of other folks too, really go for Weber's bread. See for yourself the even-textured lightness of each slice. Taste its goodness in every full-flavored bite. Fresh-tasting Weber's bread meets the prove-it test every day in the year. And as a result, more Southern California housewives buy Weber's bread every day in the year. Won't you try a loaf of good Weber's bread tomorrow? Always fresh and full-flavored in the blue and white Czech gingham wrapper. Again, the riders of the Purple Sage. This time with one of the first and one of the greatest jazz songs of the West, Ragtime Cowboy Joe. He always sings Raggy music to the cattle as he swings Back and forward in the saddle on a horse That is said to be gated And it's such a funny meter to the roar Here's a Peter how they run When you hear the fellas come Because the western folks all know He's a highfalutin' rootin' tootin' Son of a gun from Arizona Ragtime cowboy Joe Out in Arizona where the bad men are The only thing to guide you is an evening star Roughest, toughest man before Is ragtime cowboy Joe Guys name him singing to the cows and sheep. Every night they say he sings a herd to sleep. In a bath so rich and deep, crooning soft and low. He always sings, ragging music to the cattle as he swings. Back and forward in the saddle on a horse. That is incubated, gated, and it's such a funny meter to the roar. Here's repeater how they run. When you hear the fellas come because the western folks all know. He's a highfalutin' rootin' tootin' son of a gun from Arizona. Ragtime cowboy Joe. theater performance wouldn't be complete without a sentimental ballad. So here it is for this time, ages and ages ago. I remember when I made you cry ages and ages ago Something told me 
when you walked away That time would make me miss you so And though it happened only yesterday It seemed like ages and ages ago There's not one town that has a population of over 700. With so few people and so much quietness, you'd think a sheriff had nothing to do but amble peaceably about in the sun. Ordinarily, that's true. But when hotshot Blake and his gang invaded Chinook, Sheriff Rice had a lot to do, and he did it well. Shot up the gang, captured its leaders, drove the remnants across the line. The people of the county, wanting to show their appreciation, decided to give Sheriff Rice a present. They commissioned the riders of the Purple Sage to buy a silver-mounted saddle and bridle. And the riders set out to get the best that was to be had. Oh, I hope boy ain't making no mistakes, Johnny, going to a store we don't know nothing about. So do I, huh? After all, a man gets a silver-mounted outfit only once in a lifetime. Especially as a present. Well, he ought to have the best. Wait a minute, you two. We haven't bought anything yet. Yeah, but why go clear to Squawman County for it? Well, we're going to Squawman because there aren't any stores in Chinook that sell the kind of stuff we want. I still don't like it. All I want is to see what this one place has got. The young fellow that opened it is supposed to have the best riding equipment there is. Nobody's going to get hurt by just asking to see it. Now, come on, cut the gap and let's ride. Looks awful bare. Sure does. Especially for a place that's supposed to have the best stuff there is. Oh, howdy. Howdy. We're looking for the owner of the shop. I'm the owner, Ned Chapman. Well, I'm Foy Willing. This is Al Sloe and Johnny Paul. I Glad know. Glad to know you. We've been appointed to buy a silver mounted saddle and a bridle for Sheriff Rice of Chinook. Well, I. I'm sorry, but I'm afraid I won't be able to do anything for you. You see, we were right, Johnny. You sure were. I appreciate you coming. It's just that I haven't a thing to show you. Shop was robbed last night. I got cleaned out. Robbed, huh? Yeah, even the spurs. What spurs? Oh, I thought everybody knew about them. The gold ones Mr. Beaumont is to award the all-around champ at the rodeo. He asked me to design them. Got any idea at all who took the stuff? If I had, I wouldn't be here. I'd be out gunning for them. 
You see, getting that contract order for the Spurs meant I could fulfill a contract I made. An important contract. Now I can't fulfill it. Well, maybe the man you made the contract with doesn't want you to fulfill it. Oh, yes. The contract's with Mr. Beaumont. He's trying to help me. He ordered the Spurs, even paid for them in advance. Now I gotta find some way of giving him his money back. The robbery was done by somebody else. Probably members of the Blake gang that got away from Sheriff Rice. Well, if you get any clues, let us know. We'd like to help. Sorry we can't do business on that outfit for the sheriff. Where are we going now, boy? Yeah, what's all the rush? Up ahead, there's boarding house. Boarding house? What for? They only got hash, not saddles. They also got a gal stopping there that I'd like to see. Let's tie the horses here. Well, Johnny, what if you or I wanted to stop and see a gal when folks are waiting for us to get a present for the sheriff? What would happen to us, huh? We'd meet with a bad accident. Yeah. Gal's there on the porch. Come on with me. Fella can never tell where love will strike these days. Here's the truth. Howdy, ma'am. Well? We want to talk to you. That is, if you got the time. And I think you have. All right. Talk then. Talk all you want to. You haven't got nothing on me. If you had, you wouldn't have let me get away. This don't sound exactly like love, Johnny. You're Kitty Mead, aren't you? And you had a boyfriend named Hotshot Blake. Oh, the gal the sheriff's been looking for. Sheriff Rice would like to ask you a few questions, Kitty. He thinks the answers you could give would add about 30 years to your boyfriend's sentence. Sheriff Rice can't touch me. I'm across the line. I'm not in Chinook County. Sheriff Rice can ask the sheriff of this county to pick you up if he finds out you're here. Kitty, did you know the three members of the gang who got away squealed on hot shot? And did you know that Sheriff Rice let them get away because they did squeal? I don't believe it. You're lying. If they hadn't, how could the sheriff have known about the stick-up at the telegraph office? How could he have known about the gunfight at Dalton's place? Well, what do you want with me? I didn't have no part in the things they did. I just happened to be Hotshot's friend, that's all. Kitty, you know where the rest of the gang are hiding out. The three who got away. Uh, I'd rather have the sheriff pick me up and tell. They'd kill me, those three. We'll protect you. Yeah, how? How can you protect anybody from those guys? All we're asking is that you go to their hideout. Not we'll me. follow and we'll wait until you get inside and give the signal. Then we'll break in. Oh, no. We'll take all of them. Treat you as one of the gang until it's safe for you to escape. Well... They double-crossed Blake, Kitty. This is your chance to even the score. And if you don't... If you don't, Kitty, that 30 years will be added to Blake's sentence because you'll have to talk. Now, what do you say? Well, all right. But you'd better live up to your part of the bargain. You know what's the trouble with that boy willing, Johnny? Sure, he never tells nobody nothing. Not even that he knew where Kitty Mead was hiding. Not even that he knew Kitty Mead. <laughs> Keep a sharp watch. We don't want to miss Kitty's signal. Is what you told Kitty true, boy? Does the sheriff want to question her? He sure does. How about the squealing? Did these other guys squeal on hot shots? Watch for her signal. He changed the subject, Johnny. The answer is no. Wait a minute. Hey, she's signaling. She crossed in front of the window. I think they're watching. I think she's afraid to give the signal. When he comes, we'll go in shooting him. Don't forget that. Shoot into the air. Treat Kitty just as if she was one of the gang. What are we going to do after we get him? Look around and see if any of the loot from Ned's store is... The signal. Come on. Come on. Let's go in shooting. All right. All right. Reach for it. Reach for the ceiling, all of you. We'll get you for this, Willen. You won't live to turn us over to the sheriff. Arrow, the girl. She's trying to get away. Take care of her. Hold it. Stop. Let go 
She'll make a break for it while we're on our way to the sheriff's office. Oh, she's sore because I grabbed her by the hair, but I, I couldn't shoot. And you said to treat her as if she was one of the gang. Well, I don't want her to get away before those hombres are locked up. Be too dangerous for her. Boy, Al, the girl. There she goes, Al. After her. Get her. Johnny and I can take care of the man. Get this rope off of me. What do you think I am? Some kind of a range animal. Get this thing off of me. Easy. You said you'd give me a chance to escape. This isn't the time to I do... might have known you'd be lying. You're just lying. We'll keep our word, but this ain't... Oh, you the... pull my hair and now you laugh for me. Oh, well, I know the reason. You think I'll tell you who's got the spurs, but I won't. I'll never uh, tell you that. Oh, you know who got the spurs, huh? Well, Kitty, now you are coming along. <laughs> Having that punch locked up is sure a load off my mind. Yeah, but if Foy ever sets me to chasing a woman like Kitty again, I'll quit on the spot. Bad, huh? Oh, I'd rather rope a wildcat with a clothesline. All right, boys. Everything's taken care of. I hope you didn't make any arrangements to have the gal turn loose. I sure did. We gave our word. Boy, she'll tear me to ribbons. No, she won't. Not when she finds out why we didn't let her escape before. If she'd gotten away while those hombres were loose, they'd have suspected that uh, she tipped us off. They'd have risked anything to get her. She may understand that, but she'd still be sore about getting her hair pulled. Yeah, also about being roped. That didn't set any too well with her either. Look out, look out. There she is. Back here in the shadows, the doorway. Said it, that gal would plug me right here beside the jail. Come on, we'll follow her. Oh, boy, we ain't going to meddle with her anymore, are we? From what you said about her, Al, I wouldn't be surprised if she led us straight to the man who's got the spurs. <laughs> He let her in, all right. He can have her. Why should she go into Mr. Beaumont's house, though? Mr. Beaumont is the one who ordered the spurs in the first place and paid for it. He could get him without having him stole. I don't understand this at all. Suppose we go down and visit Ned Chapman again, Al, Johnny. I think Ned can clear up this thing in a hurry now. I can't tell you how much getting my stuff back means. At least I won't have to give up my shop, huh? What about Mr. Beaumont, Ned? Well, as I told you, he ordered the spurs and paid for them. As long as he did, I'm obliged to deliver them. I'll give his money back. You said something about having a contract with him, though. Well, yeah. Sort of a funny contract. He owns three of the biggest ranches in the state. You probably know that. Yeah. Well, he's also got a daughter. Polly, her name is. Well, Polly and me fell in love. The real thing. Mr. Beaumont didn't believe I'd make him a very good son-in-law. I'm not rich enough. 
Well, at first he forbid us to see each other, and then when that didn't do any good, he had us both come to his office. He said he'd agree to our marriage, providing I had $2,000 in the bank and my shop all paid for by the end of six months. The six months ends today. Thanks. Ned, I think you've told us exactly what we wanted to know. Well, he's kind of changed his mind about me lately, though. He ordered the spurs from me. That would have helped a lot if they hadn't been stolen. But they were stolen, Ned. Come on, Al, Johnny. Let's arrange to go get those spurs. Where to now, boys? Oh, any place except where we might run into that gal. We'll lay low till the Ranchers Association holds their meeting tonight. And then we're taking some action that Mr. Beaumont will remember a long time. Keep the horses ready, Al. Right. As soon as Johnny switches off the lights, I'll go in through the window and crash the meeting. Through the window? Yeah, it's safer that way. There go the lights. They're out. Now, wait here. I may have to get away in a hurry. Who turned on those lights? Hold it. Hold it. Hold it, everybody. Stop the talk. This is not a stick-up, but nobody in the room's to move. Nobody's to say a word. My men have surrounded the building. What's the meaning of this? There's to be no talk, I said. One man here is a thief. He arranged to have a pair of golden spurs stolen from his shop in town. Not because he wanted the spurs, but because he was out to ruin a boy who owns the shop. Ruin him financially and otherwise. Now, I have the name of that man. I'll make his name known to everyone at this meeting unless he does exactly as I say. I have a plate here in my hand. I'll set it on the speaker's table. And the man will come forward in the dark and put his ring on the plate. Unless he does, I'll tell his name to his associates. All right? I'm waiting. The man hasn't come. Therefore, I'm going to tell his name. It's... Wait, wait. Good. Your name will be kept a secret now, as long as you keep the agreement you made in regard to your daughter's wedding. Now, that's all. You may continue your meeting, gentlemen. The lights will be turned on as soon as I leave. Ned is sure a grateful guy, ain't he? So is the girl, Mr. Beaumont's daughter. Oh, what a lot of difference in gals. Polly's so darn nice, but that kitty, I... Well, the uh, kitty's left this part of the country, Al. Probably on Mr. Beaumont's advice. So you needn't worry about her. <laughs> well, Mr. Beaumont done one good thing in his life, then, anyhow. Boy, how come you didn't have Mr. Beaumont arrested if you knew he stole the spurs? Well, I couldn't prove he stole them, Johnny. And even if I could, I don't know whether or not the charge would stick. You see, he'd already paid for them. Yeah, that's right. And arresting them might have broken up Ned and Polly. Besides, Mr. Beaumont's getting plenty of punishment this way. From now on, he'll have fear in his heart. He isn't sure who knows he arranged the robbery. And he'll worry all of his life that the secret will be told. He's going to walk the straight and narrow from now on. So, so that he don't get caught again. Yeah. Yeah, that is a pretty good punishment, ain't it? Mr. Beaumont was wrong in a lot of ways, but his choice of golden spurs as a gift for the rodeo champ was perfect. Jingling spurs were a cowboy's hallmark. On horseback, spurs were a practical necessity. On foot, they were a social requirement. A cowpuncher without spurs was as unthinkable as a dinner table without bread. And on most Southern California dinner tables, that bread is sure to be good Weber's bread. No wonder. Weber's bread supplies rich flavor, quick energy, and real eating satisfaction to every meal. 
Each loaf is baked to tender, crusted perfection, fine textured for fine eating. You'll like the tender, rich flavor of Weber's bread. The way that fine flavor lasts longer, too. Spur lagging appetites with tasty Weber's bread. Always fresh in the blue and white gingham wrapper. Each week, we choose one number for this special place on our program. And the songs elected to those we believe carry on the real spirit and tradition of the West. This week, we have a favorite of all Western fans, Red River Valley. you'll be with us again next week. Before we go, we'd like to thank Janet Logan, Tom Holland, and Paul Conrad for helping us tell our story. This is Foy Willing speaking for Al Sloy, Johnny Paul, Lou Preston, Scotty Harrell, all of the riders of the Purple Sage saying so long and good luck to all of you. Drifting along, singing a song under From Hollywood, you've heard your all-star Western theater. A V.M. Bear production starring America's great Western singers, Foy Willing and the riders of the Purple Sage. The script was by Ray Wilson, direction by Scott Farnworth. 
This is Terry O'Sullivan speaking. Star Western Theater was recorded earlier and came to you from Columbia Square. This is KNX in Los Angeles. 25 seconds until 7 p.m. B-U-L-O-V-A, Bolivar Watch Time. Late.